It sure is. It is six minutes after seven o'clock, and look at that already. The phone lines are open and ready for you on this Monday night edition of the Employment Law Show. You know the number by now, 416-870-6400-640. On your cell, we talk about employment law, employment rights, and if there's any type of law that you want uh, to learn either through this show each week or through osmosis for that matter, employment law is the one. They're all good. Criminal law, family law, real estate law, but this one, this one here, employment law, the knowledge you get in the show and should be calling in for is the one that affects your life about eight hours a day for up to 30, 40 years of your life. So it's really important you know which side of the bread you're buttered on, right? So get this knowledge and make those phone calls if you have any questions for John tonight. Willing to take them. Phone lines ready to rock. Again, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Going to be talking about temporary layoffs in just a little bit. You want to send along an email, too. We'll try to get to some of those in between the calls. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And if you shorten that to just employmentlawyer.ca, that is the website that will lead you to past radio shows and also the TV show that you can watch there as well at your uh, at your leisure. We'll get to that pocket employment lawyer here in just a bit. First, there, brother, you sound like you're you sound better than you did last night on our other radio show. But um, week that was, regardless, I knew you got a couple things you wanted to talk about. What's happening? That's right. I'm 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 doing a little better, but I'm still a little under the weather. <laughs> so I thought, you know what. <laughs> This uh, this first situation is is not from last week. It's it's from a little while ago. But I was just sure. in the mood to talk about it because uh, I'm getting over a cold. So uh, the reason is that it involves a woman who actually lost her job for being sick. So ah. basically, yeah. So this this one's an interesting one, and and probably a lot of people can empathize with this. Uh, so this person worked for a publishing company for about 15 years uh, as one of their editors. And about six months ago, uh, she came down with a terrible case of bronchitis. And thankfully, she's, she's fine now. But at the time, of course, she had to take some time off work. And, and at first, it, it actually wasn't a problem. She said, you know, I've, I've got this, uh, you know, illness. I have to uh, stay off work. The employer just asked her for some doctor's notes. And she submitted the doctor's notes. And off she went. The problem came on day three because on day three her human resources manager sent her an email and said okay uh, you know miss so-and-so we'll see you at work tomorrow at nine o'clock a.m to which she responded of course well, what are you talking about i can't come off i can't come into work tomorrow i'm still sick you know my doctor's notes said i can't come back to work for another week to which her hr manager responded well that may well be but the employment standards act says you only have a right to three sick days this is day number three tomorrow's day number four that's it we'll see you tomorrow and she said, but what if others get sick? And he said, you know what? That's a risk we're willing to take. We need you here. So, of course, like any sensible person, she did not come into work sick. Uh, so the next day, she gets another email from her human resources manager, a warning saying, you better come into work tomorrow or we will consider your employment abandoned. So very wisely, wow. uh, this person who uh, may have listened to the show before wrote back right away and said, I'm not quitting. I'm not abandoning my job. I'm sick. And in fact, here's another doctor's note, and she attaches uh, another doctor's note. And uh, a few days later, she gets a letter in the mail, <coughs> excuse me, your employment is terminated, and because you've abandoned your job, you don't have any rights to severance. So this was devastating. Mm -hmm. You know, after 15 years to be treated like this. Wow. 
So thank God she gave me a call because this this was just not right at all. And I explained to her uh, uh, that unfortunately there's a lot of confusion because of the way that the Employment Standards Act is currently written. And the Employment Standards Act only considers a maximum of three days. We still have the Human Rights Code. And the Human Rights Code says there is no cap on the amount of time that someone who is ill can be away from work. The only cap is if the sick leave is so long that the employer can't hold that person's job anymore because you know it would cause some sort of un do hardship. You know, maybe if a person had been away for a few years, for example. But I'd reviewed the facts here, and it simply was not the case here. This employer did not have just cause, and there's no chance this person could be legally viewed as having abandoned her employment. She's going to be owed a significant severance package. It's going to be in the six figures, and and I am glad that she contacted us. So, lesson here is clear. You know, send doctor's notes, Mm -hmm. keep your employer updated, and if that employer still fires you as a result, you're going to be uh, owed severance, and and, and maybe in some cases... uh, uh, depending on the circumstances, could even be human rights damages. Yeah, it's your medical team has the the final say. They are your trump card whether you can be back to work or not. I know you guys have talked about that before, and I think there is some confusion when people hear that. They think, okay, but you only had three days or ten days. There's a difference between paid sick days and the amount of time you can be off sick. You can't tell your immune system, I can only be off three days this year. It just doesn't work like that, right? No, it, it, it doesn't work like that, and and the thing that's really unfortunate is, is how cynical uh, we, we've just kind of become. We, we've established this norm yeah. that you know, if an employee is sick, they must get a doctor's note. Well, is that really a good use of doctor's time? Is that really helpful to other people who are going to be yeah. at the doctor's office who are going to get sick from this person potentially for no reason? So, you know, I'd encourage it, any employers who are listening to, you know, maybe be a little bit more trusting of your employees. If they're going to be on an extended leave, I can understand that. But if they're going to be off for one day, for two days, even for a week, uh, is it, do you really have that level of distrust from your employee that you're going to require them to go to the doctor while they're sick unnecessarily just to get a note just to make you feel better I, I, you know take that uh, f- food for thought take that for what it's worth I think that we are sending employees to their doctors far too often uh, yeah. when they don't need to go just to just to prove something that we already know it's just bronchitis. Ain't nobody got time for that anyway. So, yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> uh, week that was, part two. What else you got going on? So, uh, part two uh, is uh, a manager. This is more recent who'd been working for a heavy equipment manager, uh, manufacturer for about 20 years. And a few weeks ago, he's given a termination letter, told his termination uh, employment was terminated without cause. And they offered him a severance package of 15 months. Okay, so you went on the severance pay calculator, pocket employment lawyer. He knows that that's, that's not a great severance package, but not outrageously low. So he comes to me, and we talk about it, and we review the severance package. But as I'm going through the details of his compensation with him, I realized uh, that he, he was earning a salary of about $100,000 per year, but he was also earning a bonus of about $35,000 per year. And the bonus was nowhere to be found in the severance package. So what happened is the company pays out bonuses in March, and this person was let go in November. So the company said, well, too bad, so sad, you weren't here, you don't get your bonus, which was pretty unfair to this guy because he'd received a consistent bonus every year for the last six years. It was never less than $30,000. It was a huge part of his compensation. So in light of of that, I told him, you know what? It does make sense to negotiate the severance package because what he received was not adequate, not even close. You know, unless you explicitly agree uh, otherwise beforehand, bonuses are payable. They're part of your severance package. So again, lesson here, just make sure to go over these severance offers with a lawyer to make sure you understand all the fine print. 
The phone lines are open, by the way, anytime you want to call through, ask some questions about what we've talked about already or anything about your job, your employment. That uh, is equal opportunity as well for employers. If you're a business owner running a business, we uh, we talk about, and I know you defend employers all the time and help them through these murky waters of employment and having employees. 416-870-6400, star 640. On your cell, phone lines remain open. There's plenty of room for you to feel free to, uh, to call in over the next little while and get some get some answers anyway uh failing that if you'd uh, a little bashful to call in there's another resource for you anytime by the way you can call uh, john or leor a member of the team at the firm 1-855-821-5900 but there is another one pocketemploymentlawyer.ca this is a fantastic website very robust when it comes to knowledge about employment law whether it's constructive dismissal uh harassment severance pay there's even a section on disability law there as well so you want to go to to uh, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, get some information, use it. If you want to pay for it, you can't. Sorry, there's nowhere to pay for it at all. It is absolutely free, as it should be, so it's there for you to use. It's also anonymous. Whatever you search on there, you can just click, close your browser, walk away. Nobody knows you, uh, you were there. But if you want to carry on at that point and get a hold of John or Lior, there is a yellow Contact Us button at the top right of that, so you can do that and carry on and uh, follow up for even more information from that point. Again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is the name of that deal. We are, uh, we're rolling on here. What do you say we talk about this, temporary layoffs and what you need to know? Right. Temporary layoffs are an important topic, and uh, yeah. I'm sure I hope a lot of people are listening to, to this. And a lot of people talk about it. A lot of people call and say, yeah, I've been on a temporary layoff, or they're threatening me with a temporary layoff. What is a temporary layoff, and how is it different from a regular termination of employment? So for some people, a temporary layoff is going to be the same thing as a termination. But usually when an employer is using the words temporary layoff, what they mean is that, well, employment standards allows us to put you on a layoff for 13 weeks without benefits, or we can put you on a layoff of 35 weeks with your benefits. And for the purposes of your, you know, your minimum rights, your basic floor, that's true. That's right. I mean, that's what employment standards says. But often, you know, the difference between a temporary layoff and a full-blown termination, a permanent layoff, is nothing. It's exactly the same. It's all dependent on what you have agreed to. So if you've signed a contract that says, yes, I agree, you can put me on a temporary layoff, that's part of the job, I get it, and you sign off on that, then yes, your employer can do that. But for most people, they haven't signed off on anything like that. So when an employer just decides out of the blue, well, you know what? We're going to have a slow period, and we don't think we're going to be able to employ this person for eight months, but we don't want to pay them severance, so we're just going to kick them to the curb and let them you know, uh, languish on employment insurance. Um, you don't have to accept that if you don't want to. Uh, you can treat that as a termination, and the way to do that is to call an employment lawyer. And again, that number, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Want to slide uh, Tony in here quickly before we, uh, we break. Hey, uh, Tony, how are you? Good evening. What's up? Hi. Um, so I was recently promoted um, at my job to a um, position which was salaried um, and recently uh, I guess due to um, by the company an unacceptable amount of sick days they've changed um, a lot of the positions to hourly is that something I should be concerned with or, or bring up in conversation with my employer or so has your your position has not been changed to hourly you're still in the salaried position that you were promoted to no, it's being changed to hourly as well. 
Well, you know what? That could be a concern. It all depends on whether it actually affects your compensation, right? So your salary is going to be a certain amount every month. You know, let's say, uh, you know, your salary you're receiving, uh, you know, five thousand dollars per month, or, or, or whatever the case may be, right? And okay. now you are going to an hourly position, and the hourly position, one month you make six thousand, one month you make three thousand. You know. Once you start to see your income go down, that's when you, I think, contact your employer and say, no. hey, this is a problem. I'm seeing my income go, going down. What gives? Uh, this is always a good, uh, good thing to discuss with uh, an employment lawyer as you're going through it to make sure you don't wait too long. Uh, but if you're seeing your income go down as a result of being treated as a you know, quote-unquote hourly employee as opposed to a salaried employee, then it's, it's the same thing as a, a pay cut. And a pay cut uh, can be treated as a termination if you choose to uh, with uh, the help of an employment lawyer. So uh, it's something to keep an eye on. Uh, and you want to keep an eye, you always want to keep an eye on your paycheck, right? And, and uh, if it's a problem, I do think you should speak up about it. Tony, we're going to put you on hold just for a second. I know you've probably got another question. We'll do that after a short break. In the meantime, to reach out like Tony, simple, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca as well. We'll continue on the Employment Law Show right here, Global News Radio. Yeah, back indeed. It is uh, 721. Plenty of time for you to uh, call in, ask your questions. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. John Pincus uh, doing the show tonight. We'll cover all that information as uh, as needed. You want to reach out after the show, help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address. And the number, one 855 At all times, you can always go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca first as well. Talking about uh, temporary layoffs, uh, question. The question is this, is an employer allowed to lay off an employee temporarily? I know you, you talked about, uh, you know, the uh, the rights, of, according to the um, uh, labor employment board. But it's different. Yes. Yeah, the employment standards, right? It's different. It, it is different. Uh, it, de- it really depends from case to case. I mean, often an employer uh, will sneak this into the fine print of an employment contract. Uh, but generally speaking, unless you have the consent of the employee, the answer is going to be, uh, no, uh, that's not something that uh, your employer can do. And uh, I would say even if they may have done it once before, you know, because occasionally we have s- uh, someone who, who will come to us after it's been done once before. And, you know, maybe the first time it was only for two weeks. So you said, okay, whatever, I'm not going to make a big right. deal. You go back to work. And then all of a sudden they lay you off again and it's been five months and they haven't called you back. You know, I, I wouldn't say necessarily because the first time it's happened uh, that uh, necessarily that means that that you, you're agreeing they can do it to you. So it's always better, of course, if uh, the first time um, that it happens, if you're not prepared to accept it, you should you know, make a point about that with the help of an employment lawyer. Um, but any time this happens to you, this is not something that you have expressly agreed to uh, in writing then uh, that that can be a problem. And that, that may be something that entitles you to severance and you'll want to talk to an employment lawyer about it. What can an employee do if they have been temporarily laid off? What's the first steps? Well, you, you have a couple choices, right? The first yep. thing you can do is uh, you can accept it. You can say, you know what? I really like this employer. I get it. They have to do this from time to time, but uh, I'm uh, not not interested in working anywhere else and uh, not interested in a severance package. And there you go. That's fine. You can do that and, and go on right. the eye. Or uh, you can do what I, I think 
probably a lot of people are, are doing more and more, uh, which is to treat it as a severance package and get a, uh, to treat it as a termination, excuse me, and to get a severance package. And if you want to treat it as a termination, the first thing you have to do is call an employment lawyer. Do not try to do it on your own. No. Uh, we can work through the process of getting you an adequate severance package, but especially because this is actually what's called a constructive dismissal, it is very, it's a very delicate process, and you uh, want to make sure that you're doing it with the help of an employment lawyer. How much severance are they owed if it's a temporary laid off? And they they do say they they don't want to stick around. You know what? No, I'm going to take this as a as a termination and severance. Is it a different calculation or is it the same thing? No, you get the exact same severance as if they oh. terminated your employment permanently. You know, we look at age, position, years of service, anything that may impact your ability to look for and find work, and all those things together. You know, you punch them into the severance pay calculator. You have a discussion with us to, you know, get a more uh, detailed uh, assessment of your entitlements, and we treat it the same way. And for some employees, that's going to be three months pay. For some people, that's going to be two years pay. It can be hundreds yeah. of thousands of dollars. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell to call through. Ask your questions for the uh, remainder of the time here on the Monday night edition of the Employment Law Show. Jerry, thanks for hanging on. Good evening. Hey, thanks, gents. Sure, uh, what's up? Friend, I, I got a friend of mine who he's had a good job for about 15 years, and uh, he had an opportunity to take another job, and he was uh, – I think he is going to go for it, but I read the employment contract and I read the, uh, I have the actual email. So he, I read the termination, uh, the ending employment clauses within the contract. And there's a clause that says without cause. And it says the employer may terminate your employment without cause at any time by providing you with the minimum notice or pay in lieu of such notice and any severance pay required by the Employment Standards Act 2000 and no more. Right. Okay, so, but so, so as I understand it, though, Jerry. It's enforceable. Okay, but as I understand it, Jerry, your, your friend is thinking of, of quitting, quitting their job? They're, they're yeah, my friend, he, my friend had, uh, has an employment offer from a different uh, company. Oh, okay, and, and you're he's talking in, about the employment contract with this new company, as I understand it. the new company, so I'm right. trying to tell them whether oh, okay. or not I understand I, that. I listen to the show, I'm trying to give them advice. Right. Well, you know what? That's that's an excellent question, and uh, you're you're a good friend <laughs> to to do this, Jerry, because you you've really uh, hit the nail on the head on the most important thing to look for in any employment contract. And and uh, Jerry, you've really targeted uh, what we what any employee should be looking at, if, especially if you're leaving a job, which is that termination uh, clause. Mm -hmm. You know, if your friend has worked at this job for 15 years, especially if they don't have this kind of clause, they've accumulated a ton of seniority. Uh, probably some degree of job security, and uh, if they're terminated from that job, they're going to be entitled to their full severance. Whereas this job, if this person signs this employment contract and it says, uh, based on the language that, I, that, I'm he that I'm hearing from him over the phone, a minimum termination clause, um, that employer may decide after three months, eh, you know what? not really working out uh, and uh, oh you're here just shy of three months so we actually don't owe you any termination pay zero without cause probationary termination uh -huh. so what a mistake that would be right leave a job for 15 years uh, to join this new one with uh, with a uh, employment standards clause and I can tell you I've seen these things happen they happen all the time they happen with people who work for 20 30 years uh, it's a huge leap to be making uh, to be joining a new company so you know 
Jerry, what I'd say to your friend is, why would you accept that? I think that's got to be negotiated. Uh, you may want to negotiate a, a, a clause that gives some greater entitlement, or maybe just say, look, I'm not agreeing to that at all. If I'm, if I'm terminated, I don't want the same kind of entitlements that I have with my job right now. <clears throat> okay, yeah, that's what I was thinking about, too. So uh, we should definitely reach back out and, uh, and basically inform that employer of the same information that you just informed me of. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd encourage your friend, you know, he, he may want to talk to us about the employment contract as a whole. This is something that uh, that we do frequently uh, because there may be other devils in the details, right? There might be non-competition clauses. Uh, there might be clauses uh, that permit the employer to change this job, change compensation, change location. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of red flags to, to watch out for um, in uh, employment contracts. So the best thing to do uh, would be to do a... Uh, to do a consultation with an employment lawyer, but at the very least, um, I'd say that termination clause, you know, if, the, if they're generally happy where they are, um, even if they're not that happy, <laughs> you, you yeah. want to seriously consider um, negotiating either a much better clause or just negotiating it out completely. Jerry, appreciate the call to uh, follow through. Uh, your friend, anyway, but uh, but you want this number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred for sure. Or help at employmentlawyer.ca. I mean, if it's a case where they're coming after him, he's being headhunted or induced. I mean, he's he's got some leverage there. You want me? Here's what I want in this contract. And you're right. If that's in there, there's probably you know you're opening Pandora's box, man. There's going to be other stuff in there that's, that that's is right. probably not favorable to him. So you got to watch out, right? And and you know what? I I really wish more people would do uh, what Jerry. And, and hopefully yeah. his friend are going to be doing because uh, in most cases people come to us after the fact and uh, it's it's much harder to deal with it at that point. Yeah. 416-870-6400 star 640 on cell. Uh, still plenty of time for you to call in like Jerry. Ask your questions. I had a Steve out there a short time ago and he dropped off but uh, Steve feel free to uh, call back and ask your questions. In the meantime, talking about temporary layoffs, it's always a, a bit of a dizzying subject because people don't quite understand the ins and outs. Are there any situations where a temporary layoff is allowed? Well, yeah, the, you can, as an employee, agree to it. So just like our last caller who talked about a termination clause, which it's legal to agree to, something that complies with minimum standards, you can agree that, yes, I can be laid off for 13 weeks without benefits or 35 weeks with group benefits. And once you've agreed to it, then that, ex that can extend for potentially the entire employment relationship. So... Uh, that's why you have to watch out for these employment contracts. Uh, what happens if an employer recalls an employee after that employee has been temporarily laid off? I mean, it sounds all sweetness and light and good, but is it? Is there something to watch out for? Well, in those situations, the first thing we're going to do is you've got to consider, do you really have a good reason to refuse going back to work? You know, if uh -huh. you do, for instance, if they've offered you a demoted position with less pay or some kind of uh, humiliating location, you say, okay, you know, now you're going to be working in the closet. Well, you may not have to go back. You may still be entitled to your full severance. Now, if you don't have a good reason to go back to work uh, and you've received this letter of recall and it's got clear details, then, well you're not going to be entitled to any severance beyond that point, but not all is lost because you're still entitled to be compensated up to the day that you were called back to work if you haven't accepted layoffs. Um, and sometimes, you know, e e even if it's only been uh, a few weeks, if you decide you don't want to go back, uh, then at least you can get those few weeks pay. So uh, it, it's, it just depends on how long they've waited before they recall you. 
416-870-6400, star 640 on cell is the way to call through and uh, ask your questions before we move on to uh, you have something uh, about it if you have to do something about it if dot dot dot. We'll get to some of those talking points in just a bit here. I want to bounce over to Greg quickly. They'll send an email again, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And uh, Greg says, I worked as a contractor but only have one client. If they end my contract, do they owe me severance? Yeah, so that's that's a good question. So typically, oh. these people are known as uh, either dependent contractors, or they might just be uh, Greg might just be a full blown employee. employee yeah. So if they end his contract, chances are they're going to owe him severance because whether he's an independent, whether he's a dependent contractor or an employee, it certainly doesn't sound uh, like he's a truly independent contractor. So uh, it's very possible that they're going to owe him severance. And if they do, uh, it's going to be the same amount uh, that they would, just like he was any other employee. So uh, an employee, I'm judging the labels now here, an employee and a dependent, not independent, a dependent contractor get the same severance? They get the exact same severance. You do not get less just because you're a dependent contractor because the idea is just like an employee, you're relying on this organization. All of a sudden, they pull the rug from under you with no notice. They're going to owe you some pay. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell is the number. You have to do something about it if your employer is building a case against you. Yeah, bust out the pens. Right. So the the biggest one here is a performance improvement plan. You know, sometimes they'll say a timeline. They'll say 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. Uh, There may be allegations against your performance. Um, If you don't agree with what's in the performance improvement plan, don't just sign and return it. You got to state your disagreement, put it in writing, make it clear that you don't agree that it's reasonable. If something's affected your performance, you know, maybe you're suffering from some kind of illness. Maybe there's a new system you're still being training on. Uh, Maybe the company has set new standards. Put that in writing, put it in an email, or write it right on that document that you're signing and make a copy for yourself. You know, and if they're they're putting you on notice, make sure they put you on notice too. You know, just make sure you're doing it in a respectful manner, and uh, it, it will help you later on if they decide to fire you, which by the way, is what they're planning on doing if they're putting you on a performance improvement plan. Right. You often said silence is the same as acceptance, so you have to respond to these and have to respond to them in writing, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I often argue with employers and, and, and their lawyers that silence does not necessarily mean acceptance, but yep. it's certainly a heck of a lot better if you've said something than if you've said nothing. Yeah. You have to do something about it if you're offered a, a new employment agreement. Now we're talking in midstream employment, right? Yeah, or or even like the caller uh, earlier, you know, if you're if you're offered a new employment agreement from an uh, from a company you haven't worked for yet, you should never sign any employment agreement uh, without reviewing it carefully and probably without speaking to an employment lawyer. If it's you know if it's a longer kind of agreement, you want to be watching out for things like layoff clauses, non competes, termination clauses. Uh, you know, if you're being offered at midstream, don't be lulled by a uh, you know lump sum payment offer of uh, two hundred fifty dollars if you're not prepared. Uh, to accept these terms uh, because they're not there to protect employees 90% of the time. They're there to protect the company. That's why they exist. And you've often said, and I know Leora says this as well, when it comes to employment agreements, whether it's while you're already working or if it's a, a new agreement being slid across the desk at you for a new job, it's kind of counterintuitive to normal thinking that the smaller one-pager is better to have than you know the, the addition of war and peace with all your, your employment obligations. In there. People think, no, no, more is better. No, 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 not in this case. It is not better, right? It's not better, and it's amazing to me how many times I've spoken to people who said, you know what, I really have a problem with my employment. 
employer. They won't give me a contract. And I said, you're thanking them for not giving yeah. you a contract. That's the best thing they could do for you. You do not want a contract. The only time you might want a contract is if, you know, for example, they're offering you some extremely generous, uh, you know, termination clause or they're offering you some fixed term with, uh, you know, no possibility of them terminating it earlier. But that those right. are really one in a million, right? So uh, 90% of the time you are not going to want an employment contract. I want to bounce over to the phones and get to uh, get to John here. Hey, John, thanks for hanging on. Good evening. How are you, guys? Good, sir. For taking my call. We're, you we're bet. Three John's here. That's right. It's the disability. John Show. Okay. I'm on long-term disability. Okay. And I currently pay $20 a month for my, my benefits to continue. So now i got a letter th- three months in advance saying the, the company will no longer pay that. So they want to change it to $200 a month. I'm just wondering if there's any grandfathering in clause that might be there, or do I have to just accept? Just so I understand, we're we're talking about extended health and uh, dental benefits? Yes. Okay. Prescriptions as well. Now, so are they changing to a new carrier, or are they just changing the premiums? Just changing it, that the employer will no longer Hmm. contribute. Right. So uh, the the unfortunate reality of this situation is we, we've actually recently had the courts weigh in on this. And when you're on a disability leave, not only does an employer have the ability to change your disability benefits, but they actually don't even, or excuse me, extended health and, and dental benefits, they actually don't need to continue uh, extended health and dental benefits. So... Um, uh, certainly, I you know if if there's if there's more to this, um, you can always uh, arrange a consultation with us, and we can speak in more detail about it. But based on what you're describing, it doesn't sound like if they're just modifying the plan while you're on a disability leave, uh, there may not be a whole lot uh, that you can do about it. Okay, thank you very much. I I agree with what you're saying. I just wanted some uh, expert advice. No problem. Thanks, John. Appreciate the call. And uh, that's an interesting situation. They, and they, they can do that, right, is what you're saying? Yeah, they, they can change your extended health and dental benefits. And even if you're you're working and you're not on a leave, if an employer is making kind of incremental changes, for example, they're changing carriers, they're expanding the benefits, right. they're reducing the benefits, typically that's not going to be um, a cause for someone to bring a case of constructive dismissal. Now, of course, a John could do that, and there's always the possibility it can be a mm-hmm. constructive dismissal, but I think the likelihood in that case would be, would be pretty low, and he's probably better off um, just uh, focusing on recovering and uh, making sure that those long-term disability benefits keep coming in. When did this change get made? I don't, I don't remember that winter. Uh, it's it's well, it's not a change. It's just a it's a court decision that came out oh. uh, actually only a few months ago, and it was it was in the unionized context. But I, I I would I would say it probably applies to the non-unionized context as well. Where basically the court said, um, if you are have an employee as an employer, you have an employee on a um, disability leave um, and you don't want to keep paying the premiums for uh, extended health and dental benefits you actually don't have to do that which seems a a, you know a little bit cruel to someone who's dealing with illness and I I hope that more employers will be uh, a little bit more compassionate than that Uh, but if you're a large organization you have a lot of people on sick leave and it's hurting your bottom line I mean employers do now have that uh, freedom to do that you have to do something about it if you experience harassment at work. Oh, God, you bet you do, especially in this climate. 
You you really do. Yeah. And the first thing that you should be doing is making a complaint to human resources, uh, to your manager. If you're a small business in a small business, write to the owner. Uh, take notes of everything that's happened, dates, times, emails. You know what was said, who said it. Yeah. Uh, write these emails at the same time these things happen. Uh, emails are great because they're time stamped. Uh, follow up on your complaints if nothing happens, and if all else fails, speak to an employment lawyer and don't and above all, please do not leave your job before you speak with an employment lawyer because it might be a situation where it would have been a constructive dismissal, uh, but if you don't leave the right way, uh, then an employer may try to argue that it was a voluntary resignation so don't make it harder than it needs to be. Speak to us before you uh, take any action. You have to do something about it if your employer changes the terms of your employment. Big time. Big time, yes, that's right. If an employer has asked you to sign off on those changes, um, he's, they're asking you to sign off on them because they these are things they want to be able to enforce. So you should understand what they mean. And if you don't, make sure you speak with an employment lawyer. Uh, if it's a change that's being implemented right away, uh, like a change to your commission plan, maybe a change in hours, uh, you want to right away email the company and you know find out some more details. And uh, if they're implementing it uh, and, and they don't ask for your consent, then you may want to speak with an employment lawyer about potentially deciding that you're not going to stay with that company and you may be able to treat it as a termination. If they do make changes to the terms of your employment, do they not have to, uh, as they say, throw you a bone for doing so? They have to give you something for it, yeah? They, they do, uh, but sometimes... Uh, if if you're going to agree to it, right? So, but sometimes an employer will do it without even asking you to uh, agree to it, right? So let's oh. say an employer just says, "Well, you know what? Right now we're in, uh, uh, you know, we're in Toronto, but uh, next week we're going to move to San Francisco, and uh, you're all welcome to come come along with us." Well, you didn't agree to that, right? Is that really contemplated in your employment agreement? For most people, the answer is probably no. So once they do that, you may decide, "Well, I'm not moving to San Francisco. I'm not moving to the U.S. So I want to treat." this as a termination and in that scenario there's a pretty high uh, likelihood that you will be able to treat it as a termination and so you're going to want to speak to an employment lawyer uh, you know less obvious things uh, like changes in commissions. sometimes you want to wait to see how those things change but if they right. just say oh no don't worry we're changing your commission plan it's not going to be a big deal and then two months go by and you see your income drop by you know 15 percent well that may be a constructive dismissal also in fact it probably is so you're going to want to speak with an uh, employment lawyer about that to get a uh, get a phone call in here in the uh, remaining few minutes to get to uh, to Alan. Hi, Alan. Good evening. How are you? Hi, I'm doing okay. Thanks. Good. What's on your mind? Well, uh, I worked for a company um, about four years, and uh, they dismissed me just from that same day. They just let me go. They didn't give me any justification. I had received zero um, uh, severance from them. Absolutely nothing. Wow. What's, what's your I'm job, Alan? I'm curious to know what, what would my next move be. Well, uh, let's let's just go through a bit of details here. What's what's your job? Well, I was working in the sales uh, department, then I moved into like uh, more of a delivery um, position. Okay. Okay. And and how old are you as of as of today? As of today, I'm 50 years old. Right. So, I mean, this is this is the kind of uh, dismissal where you know where a severance package could be owed of four months, even six months, easily. Um, so uh, I, I'd say the first thing that you should do is give us a call, and uh, we'll make sure that uh, that we get you a proper severance package here. Because unless you've found a job already, and uh, uh, you know if you've lost income as a result of this termination, you're going to be out some money here. Yeah, I'm definitely out some money. It's been 
more than a year. Obviously, it's been about a year and a half since since I got fired. I haven't done anything about it. Less okay, than two. I, I definitely want to. Yeah, so if it's been a year and a half, I would not wait at all because you've got two years from the date they give you notice of termination before you can file any claims, and you do not want to wait close to that deadline. So, Alan, what I'd like you to do is give us a call and give us a call as soon as you can so we can get this thing moving because uh, this is not a situation where you can wait. That two-year uh, limitation period is very strict. Right. Okay, great. So I'm glad you Appreciate called us. Yep, appreciate Alan again. There's another, as Alan luckily brought that up, a word to the wise. Uh, every time we do the show, we should kind of uh, pound that home, and that is, yeah, two-year limitation once you receive that termination notice. You can't That's just right. sit back and wait. We've had, we've had people say, you know, it happened in 1972. We're like, yeah, a little, <laughs> little bit over the time. A little bit. You know, <laughs> yeah, a little yeah, bit. <laughs> you might not have made it, but uh, but there you go. So Alan does have a chance. There's something he can do, but he's the clock is ticking, uh, not in his favor, so he's got to get on this, right? Yeah, no, it, it, he really does. He, he still has time, thankfully, but uh, he definitely should call us right now. And that's why you do it, man. We're going to wrap it for there. we got some emails. We'll get to them on our next show. We will return uh, here Wednesday night, of course. The weekend shows as well, the Employment Law Show. In the meantime, one 821 5900 to reach out to John or Leo, member of the crew. Email, simple, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Justemploymentlawyer.ca is the website. And always consult first. Even before you make the phone call, if you want to, Pocket Employment Lawyer. We'll catch you here Wednesday, same time, 7 o'clock on the weekend shows and, of course, the TV show on Global TV and CTV as well. Stick around. Go nowhere. On Point returns with Alex Pearson right here, Global News Radio.